Welcome to Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us today as we continue through the Calvary Chapel Distinctives with Pastor John Barrera. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And uh, Pastor John is not on vacation. He's not away. He's here. He's in the back row. He finished up. Uh, <laughs> he finished up First Thessalonians and said, "Hey, bro, would you? Uh, would you can you uh, cover another Calvary Distinctives?" Absolutely. So, you know, it's a blessing, you know, to be able to give uh, our pastor a break and let him give him a chance to just relax. And it is an honor to be able to spend time and teach, uh, being the word with my church family. So, Pastor John, thank you for that, brother. Really appreciate that. And uh, looking forward to what the Lord is going to say. Now, as you know, uh, the times that I've been speaking, I've been, co- I've been covering the Calvary Distinctives as Pastor John has charged me to do, and it, it's been wonderful. And today we're going to be uh, continuing that, and the topic or, or the, the title is Empowered by the Spirit, which I believe is chapter 2 or chapter 3. Now, again, for you for, to have the book, I'm not going to go literally verbatim f- uh, through the, the book. I encourage you, for those who have the book or have access to the book, read it on your own. And, and what we're doing is we're going to expound and, and, uh, about that particular topic, that particular chapter. And so, um, you know, as the Lord has just been, uh, as I've been preparing this and the Lord's been speaking to me, i got to be honest, man, I've, I've been overwhelmed. You know, when you're talking about the, uh, the Trinity, the Holy Trinity and the Holy Spirit, Whew, you know, there, there is a lot of information, and it's like, Lord, there is so much. What? How can I cover it? And the fact of the matter is, one 45-minute session, no, I'm not going to be able to cover. In fact, there's classes in Biola, entire semesters dedicated to the teaching of the Holy Spirit in seminaries. So for me to say, hey, we're going to cover everything within, within 45 minutes, I'd be lying to you and I'm not going to lie to you. But I really believe the Lord has been, what the Lord has prepared for us today is just what we need to hear. So I'm going to trust him. And we're going to go with that. Amen. Is it good to rely on the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. So would you please pray with me again? Father, this is your word, and we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to study your word. Lord, I need your help, Lord, because we're talking about you. We're talking about the third person of the Trinity. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, Lord. And, and as we've just uh, prepared to talk about you, Lord, Lord, fill me with your spirit, Lord, that, and let me decrease. And Lord, speak the words that you desire to speak to your children this morning about who you are. We thank you, Lord, for you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for allowing us to gather in this, name, in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so... Before we talk about, uh, you know, since we were talking about Calvary distinctions, and before I, I give you the official, and we expound on the, uh, the official position of Calvary Chapel in regards to the Holy Spirit, I think it's, it's wise just to take time to review, just kind of go back to basics, who the Holy Spirit is and, and what exactly does the Holy Spirit do? Now, again, who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, can I be honest with you? My, my brain crashes as I was preparing this. For those Windows users, is it the, when, when your system crashes, is it the hourglass that spins 
when your systems crashed? The older versions. What is it now? What's the icon? Annoying circle, yeah. For us Mac users, we get the spinning umbrella. And that's what my brain was seeing in Linux users. Bob, what do you see when the system crashes? It doesn't. I knew, he was, I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. You Linux users. But anyways, have you ever had, if you've been on a computer and you see the, your system crash, you go, whoa. It's crashing because there's either information overload or cannot process all the information within the RAM that it's given. And so the computer just sits in this, ah, you know, state of not knowing what to do. And so I kind of chuckled because it, it, I felt like my brain was that spinning umbrella, you know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't feel so alone because we see in Scripture that... If Paul was a Mac user, he'd be getting the, the spinning umbrella. So check this out. In 1 Timothy 3.16, Paul says, and without, great, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So as we talk about God, as we talk about who he is, as we talk about the Trinity, it's a mystery. And so let's, let's go through that knowing that as we talk about the Holy Spirit, it is a mystery. It's a beautiful mystery, a mystery that our minds, our feeble minds here, our, you know, our, on this side of eternity, that we, we, we can grasp but not grasp. We can understand but not fully comprehend. And, 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 and that is okay. Now, in regards, I, I've heard this before, and, and I believe that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he's often the misunderstood person of the Godhead. People struggle with the concept. And I, 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 I've seen it through my years I, I, in interacting with people. If you go on YouTube, you'll see it firsthand, but you'll see that people either have a misunderstanding or struggle with the concept of who the Holy Spirit is, particularly that the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, for those familiar with Calvary Chapel, that's like, yeah, John, that's, we knew that. But honestly, outside of Calvary Chapel and outside of other God believing, Bible teaching, spirit-filled churches. That's like, yeah, we know that. But it's amazing out there that people struggle with that, that there is this misunderstanding that the Holy Spirit is a person. A lot, a lot of groups see the Holy Spirit as an entity. You guys remember that game Street Fighter? You know, uh, there yeah, yeah. There was this, there was this uh, character, this fighting character, and he would just muster up this gathers like this energy and force and who would, you know, catapult it and it would take out his enemy. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, oh yeah, see, so a lot of people think that's how, how the Holy Spirit has been inaccurately portrayed, a, a, an entity, a, a force, but for clarity's sake, the Holy Spirit is not an it, not a force. He's powerful, but he's not a force. He's a person. Okay, now, now, let's not take my word for it. Let's see what Jesus has to say about the Holy Spirit. Turn to John 16, verse 12 and 13. And while you're doing that, I'm going to get a drink of water. That, that's 
Yes. Yes. John 16, verse 12 and 13. Nothing beautiful than hearing the turns of uh, turning pages. And also in 2024, nothing nice than hearing the taps of your phone screens as you use your Bible app to get to the Word. If, you, if you're there, say, got it. got it. All right, all right. So let's read it real quick. This is Jesus talking now. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. This is Jesus talking to the apostles, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Yes, I purposely emphasized the word he on purpose. That was, that was me. Now, now, I know um, for you, for you uh, scholars out there, you're going, wait a minute, what, but, but the word spirit in Greek is, pen, what is it, Tony? Penu, penuma? Penuma. Thank you, penuma. Numa. She, just by the way, Tony is my official Greek dictionary. Thank you, sis. All right. Numa means breath or wind. Okay, so let's stop right there. So, that word, spirit, means breath and wind. So, you can say it kind of makes sense why people would see the Holy Spirit as an it. You kind of could understand. But, let's look, let's really look at that scripture, okay? Again, this is Jesus speaking. We see, as you heard me emphasize as I read that scripture, we see the masculine pronouns being used, he and him. In fact, let me read it again. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. And I know, I know, we got some, we got some godly teachers in here. So I know you're probably freaking out because for grammar teachers, you go, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, it's a, you know, the spirit's an inanimate object. You're supposed to use the proper pronoun. Like, like I, if there is a tree, you don't go, hey, there is a tree. He has no leaves. That sounds weird. You'd be a lunatic if I said, look at that tree. She has no leaves. You'd be like, John, what in the world? No. Or how about, hey, I painted a wall. She's blue. That don't make sense. Because it's an inanimate object. So, gotta ask yourself, was Jesus speaking bad grammar? Jesus back to uh, school for you, buddy. No, 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 no. Who's right? God? Or are these man rules of grammar? <laughs> Look, we see when Jesus came you know, on his earthly ministry, he was over-changing. He was changing the things. He was over-breaking the rules uh, in regards to the Pharisees. That's why the Pharisees were, were just like, ah, because he just kept on changing things and doing away with the old things. So, again, when you compare who's right, the laws of grammar or the Lord God. I think it's fair to say the Lord God is right. Amen? Yes, yes. And so we, 
believe, and also I was looking at this, and, and, and as I studied, see that other you know, theologians agree that Jesus was speaking this on purpose. Yes, Jesus purposely said spirit, but gave the uh, masculine and, and, and personal pronouns. Because why? The Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. Okay. And again, I'm, I, I want to hammer that because we're going to, in these latter days, people, my church family, we're going to see some funky things, weird things done in the name of the Holy Spirit. You're going to see some things. You're going to see some movement. And it is our desire here at Calvary Chapel that you be properly fed the word of God, that you have sound and correct theology. Because, again, when you see that funny stuff come up, you'll be able to go, that ain't right. But I, I shudder at the thoughts of how many people will buy in to that nonsense, will buy in to those winds of, of foolish doctrine, who will buy in to those delusions. God help them and God help us. So as we know the truth, guess what? Not only do you keep it and, and, and know the truth and discern truth, but man, pass it on. Pass that knowledge along. You know, that's what we want to do. All right. So we established the Holy Spirit is a person. We good with that? Yes. Good. Okay, okay. Another attribute to help us correctly understand the Holy Spirit, that he's God. Again, for a Calvary Chapel and a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled churches, that's a given. But again, I, I, I say to you that there's some funny stuff out there. Now, turn to Acts 5, 3, and 4. Book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Now, as you're turning there, allow me to say uh, uh, again, there are so many scriptures, there's so many uh, just examples throughout the, the word of to, to you know, solidify this. And that's what was blowing my mind. Uh, but again, for the interest of time, we, we're, we're just going to just, I just want to show you one scripture. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right. So I'm reading another New King James Version, Acts 5, 3, and 4. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? You have conceived this thing in your heart. You have not lied to men, but to God. Mm. So here we see in verse 3 that Ananias was lying to the Holy Spirit. Okay. But take a look at the end of verse 4. The one that Ananias was lying to was not men, but who? Ah, the Holy Spirit is God. Yes. Yes, okay, so again, for the interest of time, we could talk about this all day. If we're in Biola University or any seminary, we could go an entire semester on this, but we're going to move along, okay? So we establish who the Holy Spirit is, okay? What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. John 16, 14, for you note takers out there, that's what he does. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit makes decisions. Acts 
15, verse 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 11. And I encourage you as I'm giving you these scriptures, look at this. Don't take my word for it, but be a Berean on your own time. I encourage you, look at these scriptures. And if you're not a note taker, that's okay. Catch, but you want to come back to this? Our brother James does a fabulous job putting the messages online, calvarychapelecity.org. And uh, go to our messages section and you'll find this message as well as other messages. That was a good plug, huh, bro? That was good. Huh? The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. Psalms 139, verse 7 and 8. I'll say it again. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. Psalms 139, verse 7 and 8. The Holy Spirit thinks and knows. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. And let me repeat it. The Holy Spirit thinks and knows. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. I like this one. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, 27. And another beautiful one. I got a, I got a whole bunch coming. Here we go. The Holy Spirit is our comforter and counselor. John 14, verse 16. John 14, verse 26. John 15, verse 26. Again, the Holy Spirit is our comforter and counselor. John 14, verse 16. John 14, verse 26. John 15, verse Verse 26. And again, I got to stress it enough. I can't stress it enough. There's so many important roles and so many things the Holy Spirit does. But for the remaining time, because we're talking about the distinctive of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to kind of now shift and stay on that for the rest of our time together. Okay, okay. So here it is. Calvary Chapel Distinctive taken from the Calvary Chapel Distinctive book. What is it? We, Calvary Chapel, believe there is an experience of the empowering of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer that is distinct and separate from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that takes place at conversion. What'd you say? Basically, you know, there's a threefold relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we get that it's represented by three Greek prepositions. Para. P-A-R-A, the second one is N, spelled E-N, and the third one is Epi, E-P-I. Three Greek, three Greek prepositions that explain the threefold relationship of the Holy Spirit. So, let's go ahead and now turn to John 14, 16, and 17. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. Probably should have given you a warning. We're going to be hopping all over the place in the Bible. Yeah, listen to those finger taps. Listen to those play pages. It's a beautiful thing. 
All right. Now, here in these two scriptures, uh, we're going to just quickly establish the two parts of the relationships, the para and the an, and then later we're going to go to a different scripture to talk about the, uh, talk about the, uh, oh my goodness, hold on, my screen went blank, hold on, hold on, the epi, <laughs> here we go, Woo. all right. You there, John fourteen sixteen and uh, 17? Amen. All right. All right. So let's read it. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Again, this is Jesus talking. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor, nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Notice that. He says he dwells with you. And will be in you. All right. You know, I focus, I emphasize on that. This is where we're going to pull from. Para tra- translates to with you. The relationship is that he's coming alongside. So when we see that the Holy Spirit, for he dwells with you, he's coming alongside of you. Now think about this. We believe that the, the Holy Spirit is dwelling with you prior to conversion. So think about this. You're, you know, for those who don't know Christ, or when you did not know Christ as your Savior, think about those times. If you can go back in your mind's eye, think about those conversations with those who are trying to share Christ to you. Those, you know, whether it was at a harvest crusade or whether it was at a, you know, a good friend taking you aside or someone invited you to church. And, and you're hearing this gospel. You're hearing that this Jesus died on a cross to, for your sins and that you could have eternal life. You're, you're hearing this, right? And, and you're feeling, hey, Oh, why is that? that? That's making sense. Well, that was the Holy Spirit. If you could picture in your mind's eye going, hey, see, see, Jesus died for you. Jesus, yeah, you can have eternal life. You can be forgiven of your sins. And you're going, yeah, yeah. Well, if you, if you can think back to that, if you, you remember those moments that you came to that realization, that was the Holy Spirit coming alongside of you talking to you. And the moment that you said, yes, I believe this. The moment you received Jesus' witness, guess what? The Holy Spirit went from coming alongside of you to the next part of the relationship. He came in you. That's the N. E-N, that's a Greek preposition. But the word means inside of you. We believe that the moment the person receives the witness of the Holy Spirit, Jesus takes away his and her sin. At that moment, the Holy Spirit comes inside and dwells within us. Okay, so what's he doing in us? Well, let me give you some scriptures. John 7, verse 37 to 39. The Holy Spirit is given as a gift to all believers no exception. If you believe in Jesus, that moment you accepted him in your life, guess what? He came inside of you. That's a gift. It's a gift. Think about that. That was something that was unique to the New Testament church. 
that God's spirit would reside in you. You didn't have to go on a pilgrimage or go to a temple, but the spirit of God was now in you. And what's he doing in you? Well, that's the next point. Second Corinthians 3.18 says that the Holy Spirit is transforming us to the image of Jesus, transforming us from our fallen nature, conforming us to be more like him, removing those things that are not God-pleasing. Think about that. Can't you, you know, the, those, those habits, the things that you used to do that, you know, were not pleasing to the Lord. If you had a potty mouth, if you, you know, if you're, whatever it is, those things that, you know, you, felt, you just felt going, oh, I don't need to be, I shouldn't be doing that. If you, if you heard that voice at that time going, oh, no, that's no, I shouldn't be doing that no more. Guess what? That was the Holy Spirit doing his job, telling you, hey, hey, you know what? Let's be more like Jesus. I can take that away from you. That's the Holy Spirit in you. And another factor is that it serves as a down payment. What do you mean? The Holy Spirit being inside of us is proof that we belong to God. And it ensures that we're going to be glorified, just like Jesus was, in the future. 2 Corinthians 1.22 tells us that. All right, so we established the, the para. He's, he's coming alongside of you, you know. You're, you're living your life. He's telling you about, you need Jesus. You go, oh, yeah, I do. And then you accept Jesus. He comes inside of you now, okay? Now, now to, for the third, the third, sorry, the third relationship is the epi, the, which is spelled E-P-I, epi, which means overflow, which means to come upon. Turn to Acts 1.8. When you're there, say amen. amen. All right, all right. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and the end of the earth. So again, epi, the comes upon. It could also mean overflow. It's coming upon you. What exactly does that mean? As we see in Acts 1.8, the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you see in Acts 1.8, for why? Why does the Holy Spirit come upon you? So you shall be witnesses to me. He comes upon you so you can be witnesses for Jesus. He comes upon you so you could be witnesses for Jesus. He comes upon you so not that you can wave your coat around and knock people over like bowling pins. He doesn't come to where you can tap people and they'll collapse. He doesn't, you know, do funny things like that. The Holy Spirit comes upon you so you can be his witnesses. Let that, okay, you think, John, dude, relax. Let that soak in because... I had to soak it in because I am thinking through my life, the weird things. I'm just going to be, you know, be, I'm just going to be 100% with you. Uh, as a young, young, young boy, my parents, we went to a Hispanic Pentecostal church. I'm not, hey, look, no, I am not, I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not, uh, I'm not ragging. But within that church, we saw some funny things done in the name of the Holy Spirit. Things that I look back and I go, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to question the, the hearts of those who sincerely were there and believed it. But, you know, it tells us in First Corinthians, I want to, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank, that the spirit of the prophet's prophet is subject to the prophets, you know. So, you know, and also the fruit of the spirit is self-control. So, so, you know, again, you know what, let me just say this, that I want to share this with you because I don't know in where you're at right now, what you've heard of the Holy Spirit, what you think of the Holy Spirit. Some people may see, may see him as that force. Some people have seen those YouTube clips where people are waving their coats and knocking over people like bowling pins, okay? Um, honestly, I, I, I question that because the power of the Holy Spirit, when you look at scripture totality, the power of the, the Holy Spirit coming upon us is so that we could be witnesses. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. I want to, I want us to walk, walk away with actual tangible examples of that. Okay, so uh, the Holy Spirit allows us to be effective witnesses for Jesus Christ. It is not for our soul benefit only. Okay, it is not just so that I can keep it within myself. When the Holy Spirit overflows, it's meant to impact others. See, notice again, look at this scripture, Acts 1.8. Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. Witnesses to other people, witnesses to those who need to hear the gospel, to those out there who need to hear about Jesus. That's what the empowerment's for. And then Acts 4.31. Acts 4.31. I hear pages rustling. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Acts 41 says, After they prayed... The place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke of the word of God boldly. Boom. The disciples spoke the word of God boldly. Think about this. Before the apostles received the Holy Spirit, they were in sorry shape. Oh, those poor guys. Remember when Jesus was arrested and crucified? They were frightened. They were mute. They fled, but when they received the Holy Spirit, they had a holy boldness and let nothing stand in the way of preaching the gospel. Yeah, because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, they went to Jerusalem, they went to Judea, they went to Samaria. And because of the boldness of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, besides the Apostle John, they all died in martyrs death, being bold to the point of death, which is a stark contrast before they were filled by the Holy Spirit. You see what I mean? Okay, so, so again, whether you call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the overflowing of the Holy Spirit, the, the receiving of the Holy Spirit, there's, there's multiple names for it. There's, but it, what it is, it's what, what we believe 
is no matter what the name, it's not a one and done experience. Let me elaborate. And that's where some people, I'm going to be truthful with you, with some people who kind of disagree with Calvary Chapel, they go, no, no, no. It's, 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 it's a twofold indwelling and the uh, overflowing. There's, there's no three. But we go, no, 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 there's three because there is, we see throughout Scripture, there's times where the Holy Spirit, multiple times, it's not a one and done experience. Let me give you some scriptures for that. And again, I see for time constraint, I'm going to, again, be a Berean, but I'm going to give you proof that we see in scripture that there's multiple feelings of the Holy Spirit. John 20, 22, Acts 2, 4, Acts 4, 31, Acts 13, 52. With all due respect, to those who disagree, it's semantics, honestly. Um, look, at, if you want to say there's only, a, it's the Holy Spirit, two steps, cool. You go right ahead. The bottom line is the Holy Spirit comes in you, and the Holy Spirit can overflow. That we, as Calvary Chapel, to see it as three steps. Okay? So, so... What does that mean for us? Look, at we see in those scriptures that I gave you, if the disciple had multiple feelings of the Holy Spirit, remember, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit emptied out and then it would come back in. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit is in them. Remember, the Holy Spirit indwells in you. But then you get the, you know, when the Holy Spirit, when they spoke the word, when they spoke boldly, it's because the Holy Spirit overflowed. And I think that's where people kind of get freaked out or people kind of lose is because, no, we're not saying the Holy, Holy Spirit depletes and you're without the Holy Spirit. No, no, the Holy Spirit. Remember, again, the Holy Spirit is proof that you're saved. It's your proof for future glorification. The Holy Spirit's in you. The overflowing is when uh, is used to, again, make you a witness, help, help you speak boldly, be his disciples. Okay. And so with that, you know, as we, as, as, as you're reading the end of the book, at the end of the chapter, Pastor Chuck asked regarding the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, do you have it? Do you have it? Let's remember that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit as a gift to us. Luke twenty four forty nine. We can't stress it enough. Every believer needs the Holy Spirit. In fact, think about this. I'm not going to give you any scriptures, but think about in the, throughout the scriptures, when the apostles would visit, one of, one of the things they'd ask, have, when, they, when they came across other believers, if they, have you received the Holy Spirit? When, uh, I'm trying to think, when, when Paul and Apollos went into, oh no, I'm drawing a blank. I want to say Macedonia? Anyway, but they, that's one of the things that they would ask. Did you, when they came across other believers, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Bottom line, if I had to summarize this, if there's something I want you to walk away with, okay, yeah, we, we, we talked about who the Holy Spirit is. We talk about what he does. Again, he's a person and he's God. And, and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I really... If you're going to walk away with anything, walk away with this. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to do everything. Not some things. Everything. You know, 
I'm, a, I'm afraid, I'm going to confess, I'm afraid some people will, will think that the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is kind of like spiritual racy nitrous. Oh, I'm going to speak before, you know, you, you, you all know what that is, right? Racing nitrous on a car for, you know, for racing cars. And then you need that extra boost. You, you hit the nitrous switch and for, it gives you a burst, it gives a burst of speed temporarily, right? You ever, no, 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 no race, no, no car enthusiast. Okay, okay, good. You scared me. So I, I don't want you to leave with that. I don't want you to think that the Holy Spirit is some, you know, nitrous, you know. Oh, I'm going to go before, speak before a large crowd. Turn on, time to turn on the Holy Spirit nitrous. No, oh, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to prophesy. Spirit, you know, turn on the nitrous. Oh, no, it's not an on and off switch. It's not. We need the Holy Spirit of all aspects of our life, even the most basic parts of Christian life. Waking up, you need the Holy Spirit. Being the, you know, as you get out of bed, you stub your toe, you need the Holy Spirit. All right. You go into the bathroom, the bathroom light bulb is not working, you need the Holy Spirit. You go into the cup. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm being silly. But no, in all aspects, the Holy Spirit needs to be continually in our lives. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we don't, unlike the Lord, we don't know what's, uh, what our day lies ahead. Do you think how, think about how fast it is for you to go into the flesh. I'm going to be honest. It's, it could be really easy. It could be easy. I can go from being a, a spirit-filled, gently talking, full, mouth full of praise and nice things. Someone cuts me off and all of a sudden, not so much anymore. Again, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Look, so, you know, we need the Holy Spirit in all aspects of our lives, even the most basic parts. Look, look. So I was listening uh, to a wonderful podcast called Calvary Distinctives 2.0, and I encourage you on your own to read that. It's, again, we're, as a newer generation, uh, for those who do not know Pastor Chuck, uh, it's a great podcast. It gives just a refreshing of, of Calvary Chapel Distinctives, and I think it's wonderful for those who didn't know Chuck, those young people, to listen to it. You'll see that the, the continuity and uh, uh, where it's the, the distinction is, is, is relevant. So one of the examples that the, one of the speakers was giving was this. So let me give you an example here. A mom wants to be, a mom comes to you and wants to be a better witness to her child. What are her two options? Well, you can either refer to her as some man-made program, some self-help guru, some type of, you know, man-made program to, for better parenting. Or wouldn't it be the better thing to do is to pray for her that she be filled with the Holy Spirit? Which is the better option? As spirit-filled believers, let's, let's pray that she be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, no, no, I'm not saying books are wrong. I'm not saying, no, no, but I'm saying you know what? Let's pray that she be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and lastly, you know, the Spirit is freely given to us. Look, at, like I was saying earlier, you never know when God presents you with an opportunity to be witness. We don't know, that, we don't know how our day is going to look. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, you will do what God wants you to do. 
because you are ready in the spirit. You will be that effective minister, and guess what? God will be glorified. Here at Calvary Chapel, Elizabeth City, we make no secret about this. If you call Calvary Chapel, Elizabeth City, your home church, we are going to explicitly talk about the Holy Spirit. We are going to be praying for the Holy Spirit. We are going to be continually to depend on the Holy Spirit. We want everyone to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Board of Elders, we want you filled with the Spirit. The pastors, we want you filled with the Holy Spirit. The ministry leaders, we want you filled with the Holy Spirit. The deacons, we want you filled with the Holy Spirit. The youth, we want you filled with the Holy Spirit. The children in children's ministry, we want them filled with the Holy Spirit. You, me, we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? So as Pastor Chuck says, whatever you call it, baptism overflowing, you know, uh, do you have it? Well, how do I get it? Again, you know what? Remember that the Holy Spirit is already in us. And so, how, practical ways. Let's close it with practical ways. Number one, be obedient. Remember, the Holy Spirit says that he will testify of Jesus. He will bring things to remembrance. So living a life of obedience, which number one, to live a life of, of obedience, you need the Holy Spirit to do that. Pursuing, pursuing Jesus in the word and in fellowship, having a heart that seeks him. But John, I struggle with that. Yeah, ask, pray, pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's in you already. See, the things that, think about this. You know what? It, there's no darkness at all with, with God, right? So it makes sense. If, you do, if, you're in, if you're doing things that are in contrary to spirit, you're going to be in darkness. And here's another thing. I want to close with this. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Okay? So I want you to think about this. Think about the time where you hurt someone that you love dearly. In your mind's eye, if you can go back, whether it was a parent, whether it was your spouse, whether it was your best friend, and you hurt them, and you saw the pain, and you saw that they were hurt by whatever you did and said, but they didn't lash out. They didn't retaliate with a comeback. And at that moment where you're feeling, oh my gosh, I'm wrong. But they're not coming back. They're not, you know, they're not retaliating in anger. Have you ever, ever had that happen where you go, okay, at this point, I wish they would say something and, and, and start an argument with me because, you know, I'm really feeling bad. You know, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who's our comforter, our counselor, we can grieve him. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And when I think about that, it breaks my heart. So here's the thing, though. The good news is that we're loved and that we, thank the Lord, we have the forgiveness of sins by the death of Jesus. And that we can, at any time, we can come and we can confess our sins. And we can have that relationship restored. Do you have it?
you have the Holy Spirit. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, and I know that, Lord, that, uh, boy, we just barely scratched the surface of the surface. But Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you've revealed who you are, Lord. And Lord, for those who um, need you, Lord, and those who are seeking you, Lord, we're glad, Lord, that you're in us. And Lord, that we can call on you anytime, Lord. And so, Lord, for my brothers and my sisters, Lord, who just have that desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, the fact that they have, that you've given them that desire is proof, Lord, that your Spirit's in them already, Lord. But overflow in them, Lord. Overflow, just like you did with the apostles. Just like you did with the apostles, that they got boldness to speak in front of the multitudes. That they were bold to go before emperors. That they were bold to go to Gentiles and people, random strangers. Lord, there's power and there's boldness in your Holy Spirit, Lord, to live a life that pleases you. So, Lord, thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for this gift. And again, Lord, we thank you that all good things come from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. up another prayer more of an apology Lord Heavenly Father we pray that you would forgive us for minimizing the work of the Holy Spirit and who he is and how often we do foolish things and make him look like an idiot because of things that we do I pray that you just help us to understand that he is God he is the third person of the Holy Trinity. And just like the Father is worthy of praise and worship and the Son, so is the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we pray that you would just forgive humanity when we just try to make the Holy Spirit look like a fool. But it's interesting because this is the Holy Spirit. That unpardonable sin is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Too many of us are playing with fire. Thankfully, there's a lot of people out there who are just ignorant, so you're not going to hold that against them, and they have an opportunity to repent. But there are those out there, they're not ignorant, and they're doing this on purpose. Woe unto them. The Holy Spirit is God Almighty, as is the Son and the Father. We pray that you forgive us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us next week as we continue through the Bible, book by book, verse by verse, line by line. God bless.